Well, good evening. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, I am Joey Geikma, deacon of uh, children's ministry here at Delray Baptist Church. It's a pleasure to meet you all for those I haven't met yet. This morning we're going to continue our series on the church covenant that we've been preaching throughout Sunday evenings throughout the summer. If you haven't been with us in a hot minute or if this is your first Sunday evening service, what our church covenant is, is basically the plan of how us as members of Delray Baptist Church, how we live out our faith. It's how we action out what we say we believe. See, our church before that has a statement of, of faith that is a summary of what our church says the Bible teaches on God, man, the church, on all things that the Bible says. And the church covenant is how we actually live out that plan, how we live out that statement of faith in the church gathered and also in our day-to-day lives. So today we'll be looking at the part and summary of one of our statements in the church covenant being we will maintain a Christ-exalting ministry. And that's just short for the longer statement of we will defend and maintain a Christ-exalting ministry in this church by supporting and upholding the preaching of the Bible, the right administration of believers' baptism, the Lord's Supper, and when necessary, the exercise of church discipline. We will be zoning in on preaching of the word and how that maintains a Christ-exalting ministry. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. That will be our text for this evening. If you don't have one, there's a Bible in front of you in a pew. It's found on page 996. That's 2 Timothy 4, 2. Our text this morning says... Simply preach the word in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. The main point for today is that we as a church is to show how the preaching of the Bible, both when we gather and when we scatter, is essential to a Christ-exalting ministry. Again, the point of tonight is simply to show as a church the preaching of the Bible, the Word of God, both when we gather here in the church together and when we scatter, is essential to Christ's exalting ministry. We're simply going to look at this tonight through task and purpose. I'm sorry, I'm an army guy, that's, that's how I do life. <laughs> so first, the task, which is? Praise the Word. Thanks. <laughs> So we're going to look at what is that, when do we do it, and how do we do it. So first, what is it? Preach the word is simply preaching the Bible, the whole Bible. If you back up just a little bit to chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. All of scripture is useful. All scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, is God's inerrant word to us. Even though it's written by a bunch of different people, it's God's message from him to us of all the things that he wants us to know about life, about him, the church, and salvation, is all in this book, and it's all useful to us. And Jesus says so as much in Luke 24, verse 27, when he says, And beginning with Moses... And all the prophets, he interpreted to them 
and all the scriptures to things concerning himself. So all the Bible points to Jesus. The main message of the Bible throughout Genesis to Revelation is how God is reconciling all things to himself through the work of Christ on the cross. Whether you're looking back in the Old Testament at genealogies, Song of Solomon, Esther, that doesn't even mention the name of God in that book, or the Italian prophet Malachi, or anywhere in the New Testament, all right, all of it points to Jesus Christ. But you might say, hmm, well, that's great. That's the pastor's job. They come up here week after week, preach the word, teach us it. They do an excellent job. I'm not a pastor. I've never been to seminary. It's my, not my job to sit behind the word here and preach it. Well, I would challenge you on that. And even if you speak like Moses, slow to speech, and you are uh, uneloquent, or even if you're from West Virginia, this is a command that we are all to preach the word. And that's why it's in our church covenant and not just a separate job description for our pastors. But we're saying we do this together as a congregation that we are all part of preaching the word. It's all our responsibility. And if you look at the verse, what does it say before preach the word? Nothing. There is no prerequisites. There is no essential skills or anything that, li- that it lists prior to it. It is just the command. The only thing that comes before it in the previous verse that Paul reminds us that this is not his words, but this is on the authority of God and Christ Jesus that we are to do this. This is not just a man telling this to us, but this is a command from the Lord that as a church, we are to preach the word. That being said, though, I just want to take a moment and say this is not to lessen, right, that this is the essential part of when we gather for our pastors to be preaching to us. It is a huge, huge uh, responsibility as they labor in preaching only the word and nothing but the word uh, and not putting themselves over it. So I would just ask church that you would diligently pray for our pastors regularly as they labor to interpret and apply the word to our lives each Sunday uh, because they need the help from the Holy Spirit uh, in doing so. In addition to that, to our pastors, I also just want to say thank you on behalf of all the congregation in doing so. Um, I think Jimmy said it best in a Bible boot camp when he said our pastors both don't say more than what the word says. They also don't say less than what it says either. And that's only through the work of the Holy Spirit. So thank you, all for doing so and leading us and modeling and what that looks like. We are grateful for it and we grow in Christ because of it. Anyway, so all of us, though, are to preach the word, not just the pastors. In all seasons of life, doesn't mean if you just repented of your sins, believed in Christ for your salvation right now. If you have, praise God, let us know so we can rejoice with you. Or if you've been rocking with Christ for many decades, you're a seasoned saint, and are well advanced in your walk and your meat eating of the word of Christ. We are all to participate in this. Even as a new Christian, you at least have your testimony. You at least have your own personal example of how God worked in your life, how the Holy Spirit changed your heart to where you actually believe that Jesus is the real God and that he died and rose again for your sins. 
Even new Christians have the ability to do that. But, praise God, we don't all stay there. By the power of the Holy Spirit, as we grow in Christ, through his knowledge and understanding, we continue to grow. We continue to know more about the Lord as we labor with the Holy Spirit to grow in our knowledge and understanding with him. And I just want to say, this is the importance of why our church does things like equipping hour before main service, while Garrett hands out books tonight, while we encourage fellowship, discipling relationships, hospitality, while we're bringing back community groups and trying to wisely think through how to put families together so they can grow to one another because we need to labor in our knowledge and understanding of the word so we can better preach it, all of us, when we go out into the world, not just the pastors. So that is the what. But the when. We preach the word. When are we supposed to do it? It comes right after preach the word. That's rights. In season and out of season. You guys nailed it. Appreciate it. And the reason for that being Paul gives in the very few verses after this, three through six. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill the ministry. What Paul is telling Timothy in this letter is the same thing that applies today. He's telling them, hey, the time is now. People are giving themselves over to sin, giving themselves over to lustful passions and the things of this world, making up false religions, uh, deceit, and all kinds of lies to justify these things and live in rebellion against God. And they're believing it. And so he's saying we need to preach in season, out of season, to combat against this. And that simply means when he says that, to have a constant state of readiness or preparedness to preach the word. That can look like when it's comfortable or uncomfortable, when we feel like doing it or when we don't feel like doing it, or whether people want to hear it or not. We're not called to differentiate, but to just do the command. Preach the word. And this is happening still today. Nothing's changed. What Paul is saying about the time is coming, he's talking about right then, as Timothy was preaching during those times, and that's continued today. Just this last week, uh, I had the privilege of taking my family to a Nationals and Cubs game, even though it was depressing that the Cubs lost. Go Chicago that the guy I was sitting next to was deceived and part of the Church of Latter-day Saints and was part of a false religion that does not believe the true gospel about Jesus Christ. And with great pride, he was talking to me about how his son had just been baptized into that church, been baptized into lies. False teaching happened then. People gave themselves into lies and deceit then into different reasons to justify their own passions. And that continues today for a variety of different false teachings, a variety of different putting off the ways of the Lord and seeking our own desires, our own passions, and finding ways to justify it. Nothing has changed. So we must be preaching in season and out of season in hopes and in prayer that we do so before people have completely given themselves away to lies and deceit, false truths, 
in hopes that God will save them before it's too late. And how should we do this? With great patience and teaching. Paul examples this for us in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, when he says, But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. This is an example of the posture that Paul wants us to have with complete patience and teaching. Like a mother to her child. All the things that Garrett preached to us this morning in Ephesians 6 and how we are to parent our children, this is the posture that Paul is telling Timothy to have when we're preaching the word. As we talked about this morning and many times in this church, most people, not everybody, but most people, when you hear the gospel, you do not repent of your sins the first time and believe. No, it's usually a long time with people walking with you, telling you over and over again, preaching the word to you, preaching Christ crucified, resurrected, that he's coming again. It's a lengthy walk of doing that with people. And that's what he's calling us to do today. And sometimes it's not even just for you yourself, but God uses a crowd of witnesses commonly, different people within the church. This is why we do evangelism, why we do church together, right, gathered as a team, as a community, to witness and evangelize together. This is why we preach the word together, because often God uses different people to evangelize and save somebody throughout their life in different seasons until God finally lifts them out of darkness and into his light. Because remember, we should have great patience because we were once just like them. We were once in complete rebellion against God, wanting absolutely nothing to do with Jesus or the gospel. Every single one of us can think back to a time, even if it's as a little kid, that you only thought of yourself and your own selfish ways and nothing to do with the ways of the Lord. So instead, we should show the same great patience that Christ and the people he used to pour in our lives and teach the gospel to us, we should reflect and model that back to others as we preach the word. And not only in our evangelism, brothers and sisters, we need to be doing this to one another in the church. In our walk of sanctification, in our walk of growing to be more like Jesus, we are all in different paths of maturity. Most of you are way more mature than me but you example great patience in continuing to bear with me and do life with me. And I appreciate it and I thank you. But that's the posture we're supposed to have. The same as evangelism, the same in discipleship and life in the church, that we're patient with one another, we're bearing with one another. Some of us are sprinting currently in our walk. Some of us are laying on the ground and just getting slowly rolled over a little bit closer to Jesus. But each one of us will have a different speed and a different season. And we continue to bear with one another in patience and teaching, encouraging one another to be more and more like Christ. And sometimes, even when we do this, we don't see any fruit at all. God has not appointed everybody unto salvation. And that's why when we do it, we're doing it to exalt Christ. It's not for ourselves it's not for results. Lord willing, he does bring fruit. And he says he will. And we can trust in that promise. But we also, also trust in the sovereignty of God over it. And seek to exalt him And when we're preaching the word. So that's the how. That brings us next to the purpose. I'll give us two. First purpose 
is that we need to constantly remind ourselves of the gospel. We need to constantly hear Christ preach both his death, his resurrection, that he's coming back again, that we are sinners and need a savior. We need to regularly hear it. And that is why we preach the word. That's why it's in our church covenant. This is how we actually do a Christ-exalting ministry, is reminding one another of the gospel. Because we are all sinners. All of us. Still, doesn't matter how long you've been walking with Christ, we all still sin. And David recognizes this in Psalm 103. And he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We need to hear the gospel, so like David is recounting here, we can remind ourselves of who God is and how from his character he then benefits us out of his love. We need to remind ourselves that God is holy, that he's awesome, that he is the creator and sustainer of all things, that he actually loves us. And because of these things, we need to remind ourselves, since he loves us, since God is who he is, Jesus actually came down to this earth, lived life as a man, and died for us. Jesus actually assures and maintains our salvation because we have no ability to do it on our own. I'm confident that I'm going to heaven, not because of me and my salvation, but because of the gospel. And I need constantly reminded that Christ is keeping me. Because I am prone to forget in my sin. We need to be constantly reminded that Christ cares for us. He can actually heal us. He's the one who forgives us. He's the one who satisfies our soul. It's not through our own works and efforts from Christ alone. We need to hear the gospel. And the weird part is, the longer I'm the Christian, the more I need to hear it. Like for the first like 20 years of my Christianity, I had like these two glaring, just ugly, ugly sins in front of me that I tunnel vision on these sins. And as God over the years continued to grow me and give me freedom from these sins, and then as I came into this church and sat under the faithful preaching of God's word, God started to reveal to me just how awful I am. He started showing me all these different ways that I grieve the Holy Spirit, how angry I am, how selfish I am, how prideful I am. God started showing this to me all and all the more and reminding me, how much I need the gospel. The more I grow in my faith, the more I grow in my love for Christ and knowledge and understanding of who God is and what he's done, the more I am brought to my knees and realize how desperately every day I need a savior. That's not the only reason though why we need to constantly be reminded of the gospel. We do this regularly in our gathering of the church for the ways that God has built us, for the different things that we've already listed in our church covenant, not just from preaching the word, but all of it points to exalting Christ, both baptism, the Lord's Supper, and church discipline. With baptism, we exalt Christ by seeing people who we have affirmed as faith and are welcoming them into our church and membership As they visually go down the water and come back up, we get to see and be reminded of the gospel, of Jesus. 
of him going down, dying, coming back to life. And we get to proclaim that and rejoice in hearing new members' testimonies as we lift them up and say, this is what a Christian is. They're not perfect. They need the gospel. And exalts Christ. It leads us to worship and seeing these things. The same thing in the Lord's Supper. We do the Lord's Supper because it reminds us that we are in fellowship and accountable to one another. We do it as a gathered body. We do it to remember the gospel, to remember that Jesus literally had to die and suffer for us, but he did so willingly because he loves us. And this leads us to worship, maintaining our Christ-exalting ministry. And this is why, when it is necessary, we do church discipline. It's because we love one another and want to see each other reconciled to Christ and sobers us and reminds us that we are no better than anybody that has discipline. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are kept and assured in our salvation, which leads us to worship him for maintaining us and keeping us, which exalts Christ. Everything we do as a gathered church with preaching the word as a core part of that is so we can exalt Christ in our ministry. The last reason or purpose I'll give you tonight for, it's not the only one, for preaching the word as a Christ-exalting ministry is because time is short. Time is short. And we've already touched on this a little bit for the reason when we should be preaching in season and out of season. But we should be doing it because it said in 3 verse 6, people are no longer listening to truth. So we must be urgently telling people the gospel before they are completely lost to deceit, to false truths, to giving themselves completely over to their passions. Another reason, if you remember a few years ago we were preaching through, uh, Gary was preaching through Revelation, is that ever since the ascension of Christ, the earth has been going through birth pains, waiting for the coming of our Savior to make the earth new and judge it. Nations are raging. Famine and disease are rampant. Every day, we're closer and closer to the glorious day when Christ returns. So time is short, so we should be urgently, as a church, preaching the word. And then lastly, Paul, here in 2 Timothy, near the end of his life, Seeing it come soon to a close as he approaches his martyrdom in Rome has an even more appreciation for the fleetingness of human life. How quickly it can come and go. And so he places an urgency on preaching the word before people die without having repented and meeting Christ as judge and not as forgiving Savior. Because one day we all have to answer to Christ. And Lord willing, pray for it to be as our Savior. If you do not know Christ today, you will see him as judge one day. But if we repent of our sins, believe in him, trust in him, submit to him, submit to his written word to us, we can meet him as Savior. For the day is coming when he will renew all things. The day is coming when it is be too late. So with that in mind, church, please preach the word with urgency. Remember, it's all our responsibility, not just our pastors. God knows who is his. That's why we're planning a church down at Mount Vernon. Lord willing, 
God has more people of those thousand people that were at the food drive. God has more people down there who are his who are not part of the flock yet. Pray that the word will go out and that people will repent. Our faith does not allow us to be pew paperweights. But we are supposed to be up laboring with the Holy Spirit to preach the word and do the work. So remember, preach the word in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort complete patience and understanding. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your infallible word. We thank you that you are an awesome, amazing God who loves us and gives us your gospel and your word and shows us the way. Lord, may we all live out this command. May we all appreciate and understand the urgency you place behind it. May we do so in joy and do so together. And be with us as we scatter and execute this command. In your name, amen.